Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. I think I'm in fight or flight. I think you are too. Why are you in fight or flight? I hate working out. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I I was saying I did a flow and restore yoga today and it kicked my ass. So I can't imagine what you're going through with your hit workout bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Hit workouts are bullshit. Yeah. I've only done one once and it nearly murdered me and I'll never do it again. Really? Yeah. Where'd you do it? It was at some like fancy New York gym. I think I had like a Groupon or some bullshit. And uh, of course I go in there and everybody's fucking jacked Mm -hmm. and, you know, has the best asses I've ever seen. (laughs) And so I'm like my my doughy self. (laughs) You're not doughy. Well, at that point I kind of was getting there. Okay, that so, I mean, that is how I feel. That's, that is the only thing that would have uh, motivated me to get out to a gym like that. Otherwise, I'm like, put me on an elliptical, give me like a grandma yoga class, I'm fine. I'll take a walk. Okay, let's say welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Online Bullshit, our show, Katie's and my show, a show we do together, Katie and I, <laughs> Nathan Lee. <laughs> Katie Mordhorst. Yes. Do you know who we are yet? We're Katie Mordhorst and Nathan, Nathan Lee. Lee. Yes. One day, um, we will be household names. Yeah. Oh, I'm absolutely sure of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Manifest, you guys. <laughs> Manifest your dreams. No, I I do affirmations every single day. Tell me what your affirmations are. I am famous. Wow. I am famous. I am famous. And I do that in front of a mirror every day. Is that real? No, not at all. I think I can barely get my dishes done. I know. I can think I'm going to stand in front of a fucking mirror every day and do an affirmation. Yes. 
I I just always like when I think of affirmations, I think of Stuart Smalley. Oh yeah, me too. That's I'm what they all sound enough, like. I'm, I'm smart, smart enough, and, and doggone it, people like me. I was gonna say God damn it, but then I'm like, this is Stuart Smalley. What would Stuart Smalley say? God damn it, people God, God like damn me. it, people like me. People like me. <laughs> all right, today. We are talking about, we are going back full circle, back to our roots, mm-hmm. back to obsessed, obsessed network, obsessed network, obsessed fest, obsessed all, mess, all things obsessedness because we've got an update. We've got an update. Patrick and Steve, his uh, husband and business partner in the obsessed network have uh, put out eight weeks after as all the controversy has been boiling, boiling, boiling on Reddit and other places, they finally put out an apology video or like YouTube, but it has no video, whatever. Yeah, they said it's because they got a death threat. Oh, why they put out the apology? Um, Is that what it takes to put out an apology for your behavior? I. <laughs> um, I just. Okay, I just... within the first uh, few sentences. Uh huh. Patrick starts off by saying, First off, we've been silent for too long, and we understand that we've let some of you down. We know that our podcast and community have been impacted by everything that's been happening, and for that, we sincerely apologize. Yeah. Yeah, a lot has been going on behind the scenes, most importantly, taking care of our staff, for whom this has all been very difficult. We've also been trying to gather our thoughts so that when we did make a thorough public statement, we knew exactly what we wanted to say. However, recent events, including receiving a death threat mailed to our home address, has made it clear that it's time to speak up now. I mean, wait, wait, okay, so somebody who's They were like, we still aren't really ready. Yeah, yeah, right? Uh Uh-huh. Right, and then somebody who's going to send you a death threat, you're like, oh... If we, we should, apologize we now, we should speak up now. So this, they will, they will rescind their death threat and send us a note of apology and flowers and a basket of jam. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think that's going to happen. So well, that if you send sort of, someone a death threat and yeah. then they go, I'm sorry. Exactly. You go, okay, I won't kill you. Yeah. Send them an edible arrangement or something. Well, like if, if I sent the death threat. Uh-huh. I didn't, by the way. (laughs) I would call you up, Nathan, and I would be like, I sent them a death threat. And And you'd be be like, like, when do we ride? Yeah, exactly. And I would would say, Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. And then you would I would at least be there to help you bury the bodies. Because I'm that kind of friend. Well, that's the hard part. That is the hard part. Killing is the easy part. Well, you can do the easy, fun part. (laughs) And I'll use my strong man back yes. to help you dig the grave. I fucking hate digging. Yeah, digging digging sucks, especially in the hard, cold earth right now. Oh, my God. Telling you. Yeah. Not a good time to bury a body, everybody. Not a good time to do any kind of digging. So, um, <laughs> similarly, I guess uh, Nathan was following the last podcast on the left drama. Yes, I was. Well, am. So explain that to me since we've already talked about what the drama is with um obsessed. What 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 happened with the last podcast on the left? Okay. I am doing this from memory. If I need to refer to sources, it will be a Rolling Stone article that was written about the situation. But last podcast on the left has three hosts, Henry Zabrowski, Marcus Parks, and Ben Kissel. They've been doing this podcast for like a got to be 15 years at this point mm. and they're like at the beginning of podcast at the b- beginning of podcast time in the primeval podcast days they started 
And um, so they've all been, you know, working together and they started a last podcast network with other podcasts. Oh, my God. They did it, too. Oh, you know, they did it first. Okay. Yeah. Like they they started doing their own thing from the very beginning. And um, so what happened was one of Ben Kissel, who is um, a six, nine ginge. Um, and it's sort of, he's sort of the heart, the heart of the group, you know, cause Marcus is the mind and Henry's the clown and Ben is sort of like, you know, he's the glue that keeps them all together. But it's been clear even just as a cat, not even a casual listener cause I love them, but as a listener that he's like been struggling with alcohol issues of some kind for many many years they often reference his alcohol use ben often references his alcohol use so it's it's current he's not in recovery no well he or he wasn't no he wasn't in recovery until he and his current girlfriend and this is a very general wash uh his girlfriend at the time uh were involved in some uh domestic disputes involving physical assault i would say like being physically him physically restraining her with his body weight like on top of her in a hotel room Mm -hmm. during i guess some tour stop for last podcast on the left okay so then it sort of kind of started to come out how he would like you know was very verbally abusive and then would apologize with lavish gifts and it's just sort of became clear that he was uh very alcoholic and his alcoholism contributed to making him abusive in relationships and so they so he who is he abusing uh his girl his girlfriend at the time Uh, i think her name is uh i think her name is taylor did he abuse the other lad po- last podcast guys? No, no, okay. because it c- kind of like came as a surprise to them. Oh, okay. You know, and what they did was they immediately dealt like as soon as it started to come out, or as soon as they no, not even as soon as it started came, it started to come out. I don't know the timeline, but they dealt with it when they learned about it, mm-hmm. and they immediately. I don't know what Ben Ben's contractual relationship with the larger network was but they basically like um they started one episode where ben was the first one where ben wasn't there and they were just like yeah ben's getting help with some of his issues so he won't be around for a while and then the next episode marcus does this long announcement about Mm. uh we're going through a tough time right now and said that everybody harassing taylor who was ben's ex-girlfriend at that point yeah um just stop it just oh stop my it god! Now. No, because people were really like people like love the last podcast on the left. So were fans being like fans were being. Oh my god, Taylor! Yeah, he's not on the podcast for a little while, and it's fucking your fault. I. It was just the idea that she was even like accusing him, like huh. you know, everybody, you know, everybody branded her as a liar wow. and were you know threatening her online and like okay. doxing her and shit. I'm sure. Right. So basically they were like, stop that. And Uh Ben is no longer with the network or or no longer with the show. Right. I don't know if he was with the, I, yeah, that doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Who cares? But um, anyway, but they immediately removed him. Okay. You know, and like addressed the situation. I think this was shortly after the Rolling Stone article came out. I don't know. I don't know the timeline. Yeah, that's fine. So they're not necessarily out here to apologize because they ousted the person who was doing the bad stuff they like dealt with it swiftly rapidly and effectively and they alerted everybody exactly they didn't like keep it a secret i mean not until 
yeah they, you know i mean they could justify telling yeah their audience like what was going on right so and of course it's like the audience is the first to fucking know yeah right? that's the thing yeah we love to gossip mm-hmm. we have many 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 forums in which to do it with uh, absolute str- like hundreds yeah. of strangers yeah and we can add fuel to the fire Patrick and Steve reference the Reddit a lot in their apology. Yeah. And I say apology in quotes. Uh Uh-huh. Me too. Um, And I don't necessarily think that that is because they were always lurking and following along. I think that they got a timeline because when James Renner updated his article, he was like, basically, they were sent a list of things to respond to uh-huh. which seemed to be allegations from James Renner's article and the way that he wrote it was kind of unclear but the way that I interpreted it is James Renner asked them for a statement and then maybe at some point they were like okay we'd like to give a statement and he was like here are the points that you could address that he gave them a list of questions right I think he or, did but yeah. no one in the way that he worded it it like wasn't clear yeah but I think that's what happened yeah so as Patrick and Steve go through this quote unquote apology, they reference these items. So Patrick starts with, I want to apologize if you attended Obsessed Fest and it wasn't what you expected. There were many, many successes at Obsessed Fest, but there were also shortfalls. And we'll talk more about that when we get to the Obsessed Fest section here. Finally, and most importantly, I want to apologize to any friends and colleagues who have ever found me to be overbearing in a situation. Well, and then in the... the... Which isn't I was. It's you found this. Yeah. And then goes on to say, I just want to point this out. I know that I can sometimes be loud. I am a passionate person, but I've come to understand that that can sometimes come off as intense and overly aggressive. This is never, ever my intent. That is abuser talk, if I've ever heard it in my life. Oh. No, seriously. It's just like, no, you treat people like shit. You have to, like, Uh take the consequence. I'm a passion... I'm so passionate. I love you so much, baby. That's why I hit you because you make me so mad. It's yes. the same fucking thing, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. So that was one thing that really stuck out to me. like, oh, I just learned that it comes, it comes across as aggressive. But I get it. That perception is just as important and valid as intent. So this way of being sometimes is something I've been working on and will continue to work on. Okay. So that's, that's the apology. That is it. That is the, the, the core Yes. And then what he apologizes for. And then Steve says, so to get started, we want to give you the structure of exactly what's going to be talked about in this episode. I just wanted to say good old Steve, always organized. He's very organized. Yeah. He um he has such a way of speaking too that it's is very so, formal. Yeah. It's very like Yeah, it is a little bit like a Charlie Brown adult. Sometimes I tune out. Oh, you tuned out a lot. Well, well, this was compelling to me. But when this statement came out, we both listened to it, but like had to take breaks. Um, To me, that was because I was at work. Oh, okay. (laughs) To you, you were like, this is really dense. You were like, this is dense and it's kind of like, I can't retain it unless I like take a little break. Yeah, we've been so like imbued in this drama, just like following it 
being like tertiarily a part of it, at least having seen events at Obsessed Fest semi firsthand. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just, it's like, there's so much information. There's so many opinions. And then like, I'm like, what are they addressing? How does this like jibe with what so-and-so said on Reddit? You know, I've got all these like little factoids in Mm -hmm. my brain where I'm just like, okay, I need to like digest this chunk, take a break. And then I can move on to like the next section. Let's continue, shall we? And oh, and then Patrick says, uh, yeah, we should mention that Jillian's not joining us for this episode because she is not part of the Obsessed Network. Everybody's been wondering if Jillian is going to have, I mean, she is implicated. She is. In this. Yeah. At least on, she gets a lot of hate on Reddit, which was happening before all of this anyway. Mm-hmm. But there were rumors or there was, what would you call it? Like there were there were comments uh-huh. from people who had direct involvement in the the uh, the incident at Obsessed Festival that said that basically Jillian was just saying yes to everything that Patrick said about Ellen to Tara after the fact when they were trying to like Tara wanted to apologize immediately uh-huh. and Patrick was like no don't do it she's manipulative she's evil and apparently and Jillian, was, Jillian like, was like yep, yep. Yep, that's all absolutely true, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think if you could, if you look at it from uh, the toxic work environment claim standpoint, yeah, yeah that is then true. Jillian's like, well, I'm not making it. I mean, <laughs> she totally is though. Yeah. But yeah. she's like, I'm not in charge, so I'm not creating the toxic work environment. I mean, I don't think she wants to be involved. She seems like a very anxious person. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Every time they say that True Crime Obsessed is its own business, uh, the Obsessed Network is a completely separate company from True Crime Obsessed. Yeah. If you look at their little art on Apple Podcasts, it says Obsessed Network on it, which is why it's so confusing. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think one of the um, the crime writers on in their sort of reaction podcast to Obsessed Fest, she's like, yeah, there's some brand confusion there. She said it in like a really snarky way. There and sure is. Yeah, I think it's just a way of like advertising Obsessed Network, even though we, in a yeah, business sense. sense. And then I think Jillian's like, well, I don't have a stake in the Obsessed Network. So like you and me have the true crime Obsessed. That's ours. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I just want to say that I don't necessarily agree with the fact that Jillian is not... Uh-huh. I don't want to say culpable, but is not. Doesn't she's have a part of she, it. She, she's. I feel like she might have something to say about it that would be illuminating, right? You know, yeah. but maybe that's precisely why she doesn't want to speak. Well, I think she's that's, like if I say anything and I have to be honest about it, it won't be good. But I think also everyone on Reddit, have you seen them speculate that Jillian's over it and she's like, oh. Oh, yeah. They're like, they're parsing, like, they're still, here's the thing. (laughs) They're still listening to every new episode and like taking notes so that they can do a post. On Reddit. On Reddit about how like Jillian seems like she's over it. Did you hear her say this? Did you hear her say that? Did you hear how she like threw subtle shade at Patrick with this comment? Well, so so wouldn't it be fun? with her i bet behind the scenes jillian's like when's my contract up okay when it's up i'm gone yeah well i mean the income though no i know yeah i mean i I don't think no i mean they've made a life changing income from this i don't so that would make way more sense then for her to participate in this 
episode, which yeah. I'm putting in quotes because they didn't even release it on their feed. Mm-hmm. They told some people at Patrick's book book signing. signing You're right. There was an announcement. They said, hey, we're going to put a statement on YouTube. Yeah. And so I think all of us thought, oh, a video. Yeah. And it's literally a podcast on yeah, YouTube. There's no video. It's just like Obsessed no, just, Network and it's a recording. Why didn't they release it on their Patreon at least? Because they know there's a whole bunch of people who don't know. Yeah. And this would just draw more attention to it. And they knew that there were Reddit spies at that book signing or book reading. Yeah. Who would post it imme- like we're posting yeah. it as he was saying so it. So they fucking sat behind the scenes and coordinated this. Like oh, how yeah. can we how can we make a statement that doesn't reach everybody yeah <laughs> you know exactly it's like kind of like fox news or any of those other right-wing networks where they're just kind of like siloing their audience from what's actually happening is that what they do I, well okay so they put their apology or whatever the fuck they want to call it yeah on youtube where patrick and jillian tco has no real presence as far as i know i know sometimes they do like um they do recordings of them doing the podcast on YouTube, but... No, they post those on TikTok. Oh, t- well, then never mind. They have no... It goes to my point. They have no YouTube presence. No. Why put it on fucking YouTube? That's why... Nobody's going to find it, and that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some people on Reddit were like, use this link so that you don't give them ad revenue from YouTube. Yeah. And I looked at their youtube and they only have like 300 subscribers no they yeah they're obsessed you can't network make revenue has yeah. you can't make revenue unless you have at least a thousand yeah so they're purposefully trying to bury this from any new fans that they could possibly get or any of the old fans like from the facebook group who are still mm-hmm. you know in the dark blindly on their side yeah yeah so first thing we're addressing is how people are speculating about the details of my relationship with my former co-host ellen marsh and then I think from this point, he kind of goes on to talk this about... This was interesting. This was it? interesting how they were... Um, what was in, what was interesting to you in this sort of section about Ellen and their... Well, so, so Patrick does um, take specific things that people say on Reddit, such as... Oh, and I guess that were said in the James Renner article. Yeah. Um, such well, as... Well, he, well, like, people on Reddit were like, oh, he's so mean to Ellen on Exactly. That wasn't in the James Renner article. He's and, aware. Right. And yeah. he would say, oh, Ellen's ex-husband was really hot. Like, yeah. he addresses that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I said... On, that's it. <laughs> like, well, like I said on our first podcast, like, I kind of understand that. that like, that's that like a funny um, little relationship that they And they've have. developed... A, yeah, they've developed they a friendship about, other. like, taking the piss out of each other. Yeah. And that's what a lot of gay men... And their female friends do. Right. And so he, so Patrick is like, Patrick is like me and Ellen talked about it beforehand that like, this was how we were going to differentiate from TCO. And we were, we have this relationship anyway, and we're going to bring it here and we're going to like roast each other. Yeah. Um, Which I, I'm, I'm sure that was true. I am too. Yeah. I do think at the end of the day, he's the boss and so even more if she... and more, this mm-hmm. relationship just gets more and more roasty. Yeah. And yeah. he's still the one with like the upper hand yeah. at the end of the day. Do you, when you listen to Obsessed with Disappeared, did you yeah. listen to it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, did you ever think it crossed the line? No. Me neither. But. I mean, I got it. Some people don't get it. I'm not really sure don't. if, um, if, I, if I was listening to it and looking for that if my opinion would change mm. 
But, um, I mean, I guess I could see where they have this relationship on the mic. And then I think he probably continues it off the mic to a point where Ellen is like, wait a second, but what you just said, like, isn't a joke? Yeah, yeah. You know, like when people mm-hmm. say the truth and then they go, Haha, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they aren't. No. For sure. This is so obvious that they wrote this down. He goes... Oh, they absolutely... Like, you could tell at least Steve, who's not, like, used to reading into a mic. Yeah. He was obviously reading at certain points. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, I think so, Patrick was too, but he's just better at making it sound like yeah. it's natural. Patrick goes... And so now I've seen online that the narrative is that I was emotionally abusing her. And I am putting a full stop to that right here, right now. That word is wrong and inappropriate. That banter was intentionally curated by both of us. You know, these are the, th- the parts that are not an apology. Yeah. This yeah. is just him saying every, everyone's wrong. Honestly, I, I think it was like a part of their friendship yeah. that maybe certain listeners kind of don't understand if they're no, not. No, now everyone's looking for evidence yeah. of so abuse. I think he's, um, I actually think he's right to say that. He's like, no, this, or if it was like, quote unquote, abusive, it was like kind of a consensual dynamic that it's like, I'm going to rib you, you're going to rib me back. This is, you know, these are the things that I'm going to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. No, that makes sense. I, what I'm saying, I yeah. think, is that they probably still had this kind of thing going on off mic, and he is, at the end of the day, still the boss. Yeah. So we don't really know how that intertwines. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, he's the boss, and it's like, obviously, they have, like, there is, like, underlying antagonism to the that kind of relationship, which, if not addressed or somehow, like, circumvented, I think can get, things can get, like, a little bit over the line sometimes and maybe that's what was happening off mic is what you're saying I think so yeah when I listened to him the first time say all of this though I was like oh yeah I mean I mean I agree with you I was like agreeing with him I was like yeah Yeah. it's not abuse you're right Mm -hmm. oh we were all wrong oh man why do we make such a big deal about this yeah exactly and then (laughs) I started to see the posts online that were like gaslighting yeah and I was like oh yeah I, I just was like oh you're right I'm crazy yeah I don't know if like this is to me. Well, this, this was, part's not like the issue. No, it's of the not. whole thing. No. Yeah, it's it's you know what the issue is is as we get into it, it's like what they don't talk about Ooh. and what they don't say uh-huh. or what they like skip right past. Uh huh. That is most interesting to me. Oh. Yeah. Can okay, you think they, of anything that's like that off the top of your head? Well, the fact that they don't address the um they talk very briefly about the incident at obsess fest in which tara newell confronted ellen marsh in an elevator blah 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 i'm sure anybody listening to this knows what happened um they didn't say any they were like they the podcasters have apologized to each other so we're gonna skip over that yeah like that's the that's the climax of the story it is really and so how can you skip addressing that part and you're willing to talk about everything that every redditor has fucking said and mm-hmm. on every other occasion and people said some real incendiary shit about you and about how you were treating tara newell and how mm. you know you were gaslighting manipulating her that mm-hmm. you're not going to address 
Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, or just at all the behind the scenes of Obsessed Fest. Yeah. Because we heard, I think from Crime Writers On, yeah, that they didn't do the intro with all of the hosts at the beginning to kick it off. Yeah. Simply because Patrick did not want to see Ellen. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that set the tone for the whole weekend. What, what, just do we know that it was Patrick didn't want to see Ellen or Ellen didn't want to see Patrick or they didn't want to see each other? I think it's Pat. it was ultimately Patrick's decision. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And But even Jillian he, wasn't there. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. That's why it was so dull. Yeah, it was really... It was... Anyway, we've talked about how we have, that was but shitty. I'm kind of like, well, I wanted to hear about that. I, I wanted to hear about. Uh, I wanted to hear. Okay, just yeah. I wanted to hear about that, um, and I also wanted to hear about. They say nothing about the whole, and I don't even think we got into this. The whole account to liberty, no mini scandal, where we a, forgot to talk about that. Yeah, apparently, was this at the like the the meet the VIP meet and meet greet. and greet where you bought your own drinks? Yeah. But you could like stand and take pictures and you could go talk and you could mingle. Yeah. Yeah. And so apparently, um, Payne Lindsay of the, what was his podcast? Whatever. Up and Whatever. disappeared or up something. Disappeared. Some anyway, shit like that. Payne Lindsay beckons to Patrick to come over and have a picture with a particular fan. And she's got an, uh, accountable liberty, account accountable liberty or accountable liberty. Yeah. Uh, shirt on, which is a subtle dig at Patrick and the rumors surrounding him, the fact that he has not been accountable Yes, at that point. And apparently Patrick pushed her out of the way, went to the bar and sulked to Jillian and being like, oh, that fucking bitch. Like he was just like yes. swearing and Jillian apparently was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And then, so that was one of the things that, that was another thing behaviorally that happened that they do not address he and he said yeah i never pushed anyone that's all he says about it yeah right yeah, yeah yeah he says i never pushed anybody he didn't say i didn't storm off and swear about the person who just did that to jillian no, no. so he i mean did. he did <laughs> yeah yeah no he absolutely did and the thing is it's just like no that's not how you behave in those this is your festival you're the boss Mm -hmm. You have to be gracious. You have to deal with the situation in a way that makes everybody feel more comfortable and keeps the ball up in the air. But no, you insist on allegedly mm -hmm. <laughs> continuing, just acting like a child. Yeah. Like it just sounds, you know, it just the fish rots from the head. And I think he was in a chaotic place. And so the whole thing got chaotic. I'd say from here they go on to talk about what happened with I Think Not and that... That that whole separation from the network? Yeah. And so they go into a few specific incidents where, um, where Ellen and Joey um, kind of said, hey, it feels like you're being toxic or something yeah well they're working patrick acknowledges that their working relationship got strained i remember that two of the incidents were one of them wanted to change some of the ad copy for an advertisement and patrick was like no you simply cannot yeah and um and then they give reasoning blah 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 brands they don't want you to do that okay yeah I think maybe, you know, the way that they talked about that was maybe not the nicest and maybe that's what Joey means. 
Um, and then there was the TikTok sound. I have something to say about this. One so second. So the first, to explain it, um, yeah. Patrick and Jillian were covering the bling ring that week. So they wanted to use the famous sound of Alexis Nyers being on the phone with... <gasps> Oh my God, clip? that was the TikTok. I, yeah. I have listened to that clip on a loop. It's great. For days. It's fucking amazing. Um, where she's Can we put it like, in? Nancy Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Alexis Nyers. I wasn't wearing glamour chats. I was wearing kidney heels. Yes. Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Nyers calling. I'm calling to let you know how disappointed I am in your story. There's many things that I read in here that were false. Like you saying that I wore six-inch Louboutin heels to court with my tweed skirt when I wore four-inch little brown BB shoes. $29! Every time you I have to re-record it! Oh my, it is for the ages. So I guess like maybe the week before, somehow Joey and Ellen got to the sound first just because they're, I mean, Ellen's very present on TikTok, so oh, she yeah. knows what's cool. Mm-hmm. And so... Patrick and Steve were like, hey, could you just like private this video for a week because it actually pertains to our show? Mm -hmm. And they were like, no. Yeah. And the thing is, Steve specifically says that the reason that they didn't want the two videos using the same sound clip at the same time is because people compare... Ellen and Jillian. Oh, right. And they didn't want to give fodder to that comparison. I'm like, who, honestly, when I heard that, I was like, who gives a fuck? Oh. What some people, like how some people compare Jillian and Ellen. And so. I know. It just Like, who well, can't? they're fucking losers. It is a tiny, tiny corner. Yeah. Of your fan base, of the internet. Who gives a sh- People are going to say whatever they want well, about anything. For some reason, they're basically popping in and being like. Uh, it just really sucks for Jillian because she's constantly getting compared to Ellen. And it's like, yeah, yeah but that means Ellen's also getting compared to Jillian. Yeah. And you guys are only like saying that you care about Jillian. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. That's my take. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could see how they say it. it's like, oh, we're just like watching out for the best interests of both women, you know, no, and so not. that they, it's going to happen. They've been doing this long enough. Yeah. Like, they know what matters and what doesn't, and that doesn't fucking matter. No. And you know, it's probably. They're grown women. They can deal with, they can handle themselves. Yeah. And unfortunately, a large percentage of the population hates women. True. Really? And they just shit on women all the time on social media. Like, that's well, kind Should of we the be point. talking about this? Because I don't, I've never, <laughs> I don't You've know never what heard? you're talking It's called misogyny. Say that again. Misogyny. Mis. Mm hmm. Misogyny. Actually, um, they accuse Patrick of misogyny. So I think you've heard the word. Before. I can see that, and you know what, gay men. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just realizing it's not this. impossible. It's not impossible for gay men to suffer from this. What do you call it? Misogyny. Yes. 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 <laughs> God, what an interesting concept. Never heard of it. Well, you don't have to know about it. Oh, okay. No, fuck you. Homophobia is at heart misogyny. You think? Absolutely. Okay. Because it's about like being feminized and feminine that's and true. that's the worst thing it's, you could possibly be is woman like right yeah so it's men being like oh weakness yeah exactly yeah yeah which is associated with femininity and yeah thus homophobia exactly okay yeah 
I love when you think I'm teaching you something. Like, I know you're being silly, uh-huh. but I'm like, <laughs> I know you know this. <laughs> Basically, these incidents happen, and Joey gets on Slack, and um, this is what Steve says. Joey would later say to us on Slack, quote, both Ellen and I should be involved in all communication regarding any aspect of the podcast, end quote. And unfortunately, that's just not true when you're part of a network. Right. There are decisions involved in business that are the realm of the owners and not necessarily of the talent. Right. Which, yes. Yeah. That I understand. And I do love how it like gets into the business side of things. Because mm. I think it helps realize that people that these things are businesses. Not all yeah, decisions are like, not all decisions are up to what you want, yeah. you know, yeah. them to do. So... You know, you have to give them, like, a little bit of grace to keep their business together. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, after eight weeks, that grace period is over. You could have done it in three days. You go yeah. to your lawyer's office. You're like, what do we do? Yeah. They're like, find a PR person. You find a PR person, and they tell you what to do. Do you think they found a PR person? Um, I don't know. I think I mean, this... this is a very, like, cleverly worded, seemingly honest and forthright non-apology so it has like the stink somebody. of a PR person yeah. yeah for sure maybe PR maybe lawyer yeah like someone who didn't think to say more of this should be an apology yeah the, yeah like I, whatever they said to them it was like defend yourself this is what they're doing they're covering their ass yeah it's if you're when you say um hostile work environment Mm -hmm. that is the legal term that has legal weight you're right yeah yeah and they're trying to prove that they weren't a hostile work environment because of the legal ramifications well and they say at some point in this statement that there were many of their employees wanted to like go on the record about i guess what a great place obsessed network is to work yeah but they were like I don't remember how it panned out, but they were like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. Or we don't want to put you under uh, any like. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. ...of the crazy Redditor scrutiny. Oh, interesting. And, um... I don't know. I, I don't know. I think they made w- that up. Yeah, I feel like they made that up. Or, you know... If you are in an office day to day, or it was one person who's yeah. like utterly dedicated to them, no matter what they do, right? Yeah. At some point, um, Patrick and Steve and Ellen and Joey all come to the conclusion that I think not should get transferred to another network. Yeah. So that they're not working together and having like such a terrible time. Mm-hmm. So, 
uh, Patrick and Steve are like, okay, we're going to look into other networks. And then all of a sudden, like the one that they had chosen actually wasn't paying people the cast network. Oh, okay. That's what Ellen wanted, but they were like, no, this actually isn't going to work because they're having their own issues. So then they're like, okay, we're not sure who to sell it to. And at this point, Ellen and Joey contact us and say that they are interested in acquiring the show. Yeah. And apparently, this is when Patrick came up with that figure of $3 million. Because he says that's what, like, the going asking price for where they were shopping it around to. Like, I guess... I don't know what they base it on, though. I am assuming it's appraised in terms of, like, projection of future advertising revenue, et cetera. And it's like, uh-huh. you know, for the length of their contract, you can expect the podcast to make this much revenue. And so, therefore, it's worth that much money. Yeah, because they're essentially would be buying the IP. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, they need to... So, Obsessed Network, I'm just speculating, would need to be reimbursed for a certain loss in revenue for the length of time that their contracts would have been oh i, I don't that could know be it. Uh, it could be it but anyway they were in a position to literally sell the podcast to another network for three yeah. million dollars apparently and uh, according to patrick joey and ellen kept saying okay we're gonna think about it and then the um decision date would come and they would just let it lapse and they wouldn't give an answer yeah and then they would yeah. go okay i guess we can't buy it and then patrick and steve would be like okay we're gonna keep looking for someone else to take it yeah and then they yeah. would go actually we're interested again yeah and they would go okay you have a deadline mm-hmm. to decide and then yeah. they would like let it pass again yeah and then and I'm ultimately one- yeah. mm-hmm. patrick just decides we have to give it to them yeah how how did they come to that decision? Is that in any way elucidated? Let's find it. Let's find it. We were doing every single thing we could to like to give them what they wanted. And so, you know, I even said, all right, let's take a million dollars off the price. Let's make this doable for them. Yeah. We went back and said, and this was against like our attorneys, our agents, everybody said, don't do it. When our, when our attorney wrote back to their agent, she said, this is going against my advice. They are now, like now the network is negotiating against itself. I'm advising them not to do this, but they are now saying that they are willing to take $2 million over however many years they, they want to take to pay it off. Mm-hmm. They thought about it for I don't know how long. Several weeks. Several weeks. We gave them <laughs> deadlines to respond that they that they just did not respond to. Yeah. And then finally they responded and said, no, they've changed their mind again and they are going to walk away. What day did we get that response? Friday, August 11th. And what was the next thing that happened? Tuesday, August 15th was the first Reddit post containing confidential business information about these negotiations, where someone claimed to have overheard Ellen at a restaurant saying, $3 million, what do they mean? How can they do the show without Ellen and Joey? Why are they charging this money? Confidential business details being leaked onto Reddit for the first time, which then led to more people saying terrible, untrue things, which led to the first rumors, which were that Ellen and Joey were fired. Right. And what happened from then was we took an instant hit on the TCO Patreon and all the exit surveys said, I'm leaving because of how terribly you treated Ellen and Joey. I'm leaving because you fired Ellen and Joey. Hashtag team Ellen and Joey. So this was Tuesday that the Reddit rumors started, right? Yeah. Tuesday or Wednesday, Steve and I are at the park and and we're just sort of like it's the end of the day 
and we're we're just like sort of ruminating on what is going on. We ca- we kind of can't believe it. We had no idea how much bigger it was going to get. But you know, I got to tell you, I could not imagine the show ending. And Steve and I went home that evening and I sat we sat down on the couch and I said to him, "Look, when Ellen and Joey leave at the end of their contracts, we're not going to replace them. It's just going to be a dead podcast. And I made a promise to Ellen that I would never end it. And I don't want to end it. I think we need to just give it to them. Three million Then they're like, dollars. everyone's telling us not to knock one million off. And I don't think they would. Who... Who would give up three million smackaroonies? Well, now they just knock off all of it. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think they did. I think that is a bald-faced, outright lie. Well, I think this is where an NDA comes into play. Okay. Where they say, well, Ellen and Joey can't come out and say what did happen, so we're going to write this narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very true. Because that's what I saw people say on Reddit, too, was like, the only way... That someone would hand over something like this that was valued so high. Yeah. As if they were like, you can't go tarnish my name. You yeah. can't go tell people yeah. who knows what. I Just bet like that's some- a part of their contract in terms of like when they are hired by Obsessed Network. It's like right. non-disclosure but forever. This is, the stakes are so high here. Yeah. I don't know. Like, for what reason would you hand over a podcast that you think is worth $3 million? I can't find us. I can't find a buyer. Oh. I think they couldn't find a buyer. Okay. And and that's why they offered it. This is just me thinking out loud. Uh I think they couldn't find a buyer. Um, That's why they offered it to Ellen and Joey in the first place. Because they're like, oh, well, maybe they'll want to buy it for, you know, a payment plan over time. They couldn't find a buyer who would pay $3 million. Exactly. So That's you're, you're right. Saying. Where the fuck did that valuation actually come from? Oh, I, yeah. And I know nothing about podcast valuations, but at the end of the day, if you're just buying, you're buying the IP of it, yeah. you're not really buying, uh, maybe you are buying like the old episodes and all the revenue now that will come in from everything that's on the feed. Well, I'm assuming you also like get, you get the advertisers. You yeah. get you get like a prefab audience, even if you don't like get right. their advertisers rolling over. You pop your own advertisers in, and that's more revenue for you. So I know. Whenever I think of buying a business, I think of Monopoly. And I oh go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when you're playing Monopoly and you're like, "Damn, Park Place is really expensive, it's, but I'm gonna make a lot of money." Exactly. On it. Yeah. Once you have Park Place, you're a demon in that game. Well, you can have Park Place and the other one. You've got to get, and then you can build really expensive hotels. There's three. Also, pro well, there's tip, only two for that for get, the blue. Oh, yeah. Oh, for the blue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Park Plate. I can't remember the other one. But also the railroads can yeah, be those are pretty surprisingly good. profitable. Because if you have four of them, then rent costs more. Yeah. And a ride, some of the, a ride costs more. Yeah. Some, or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 I just, I don't think they could buy a buyer, find a buyer. Honestly, maybe they did give it to them. But I don't think it was, they're positioning this that it was out of the goodness of their yeah, hearts so and nice. a promise he made to Ellen, you know, pinky swear, blood sisters, I don't fucking know. But I don't think that was it. I think it, what he said was right. It's going to be a dead podcast, but it has nothing to do with the promise you made. It's because you couldn't actually get the money that you thought you could get for it. Then they're like, we transferred the show to them on September 15. Uh, so the next thing that happened that we want to address was the publication of the blog post. 
So, I mean, like, that's the end of that. The, wait, the publication of what blog post? I'm sorry. James Renner. Oh, okay. Sorry, and then so they, this is them just moving on to Yeah, the and then thing. they talk about the James Renner article and basically, like, yeah, flat out deny everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what happened in October. So they're basically like, because I always thought they transfer the podcast to Ellen and Joey and then this blog post comes out uh-huh. and they're like ellen went to fucking james renner yeah okay. ellen went to them and told him shit and that's why this is out now and just for the record ellen says ellen that she sh- did not ellen talk also to him. showed us yeah that's true that's remember true. she yeah, showed yeah, yeah. us her receipt of oh you're right getting a yeah. dm from him and then her saying i'm really sorry i can't speak about this yeah she did she sent us a, a screenshot of that yeah we're yeah. friends now hi we ellen. are hi ellen <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh. anyways, I never thought that, um, Ellen was lying about that. I think she is like way too freaked out about how shit went down. You know, like it was shitty for her. Yeah. That's what I see. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, people like her friend, Julia Ray. Yes, exactly. To James Renner. Uh-huh. And they know things that happened to Ellen. Like Julia Ray said, she saw Patrick be verbally abusive to Ellen. And in this apology, I'm yeah. quote unquote, uh-huh. Patrick later says, well, Julia Ray never even came into the office. But Julia... It's like, well, what? semantics. Yeah, very much semantics. And Julia Ray says uh, she had an ask me anything, like way before even Obsessed yeah, Fest, I that think, was where they really talked good about it. ask me anything. It was a good ask me anything because she said it like, it, it doesn't matter whether or not I was in the office. I was actually there like for way more hours i think she says that later yeah, way more hours than and they asked me anything they said. she just seemed to have way she had a lot of specifics yeah and also it's like patrick says in the statement that it's like oh she only worked with, with us as an admin for five hours a week yeah and i think her ties to ellen and the network yeah is more than her having this five-hour week job. Well, no, she lived with Ellen for exactly. a year. So, so she, she knows more than yeah, and working there five hours a week. Yeah, firsthand can mean a lot of things. It could mean Ellen told me about it at home afterward. That's firsthand. You're getting it from the primary source, at least in my lexicon. Yeah. Yeah, so... It's still hearsay. Yeah, it is hearsay, but you're... All, you're also right. He's um making use of some uh, semantics there. Yeah. Yeah. She never said she was in the office. She could have been in the other room on a Zoom. And she could have had it so that her headphones weren't on or something. Well, and the... then she overheard the Zoom. Yeah. I don't Which, know. I, I, no, absolutely. Yeah. And you never know, like, what Patrick is saying on Zoom when you're all in a call together about something or another. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have done it on Zoom. So, bullshit. That's, yeah. Bullshit. And that is technically in the office, especially during the right, pandemic. Right. So you're you're working at the company. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's little things like these where it's like they're word they're um, massaging words in a way that is very, very much makes me think a PR person had a hand oh. in this for sure. Okay. And I think it's a PR person, not a lawyer, because a lawyer's language would have been a lot more turgid. 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 What's Our that? word of the day is turgid. Thank you. It means sort of like stiff, rigid, right? You know, not natural or organic. Okay. Feeling. Yeah. Some of this did feel turgid to me. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. Uh, and like you said, how Patrick's pretty good at making it sound like he's not reading. So if everybody who you ever had on your podcast network 
who are all like smart, accomplished, professional people turn on you on a fucking dime, who's the asshole? Right. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's like, I cannot get over that fact. It's like, no, these are actually like, these are people who have succeeded in very tough work environments mm-hmm. their entire lives. It is like Daisy Egan won a Tony when she was 12. Uh, Ellen is a Broadway actress. You do not get there without learning how to work with other people and making compromises and being generally a good person to work with. So who's the problem? Mm. You know? Yeah. And we know about his documented history of having drama in most aspects of his working life, at least. From him? From from his book? From him? Did you read his book? No. No, me neither. No. But I mean, everything he said on the podcast, he's like, you know, had a million jobs and seems to have hated them all. So. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not knocking. I, so have I. And the other element about that that was cited in the Renner blog post was the part about the producer, our producer, Becca, who put a Slack message and she had an issue and she didn't exactly know where to go with it. Because at that time, we did not have an HR partnership and it was a valid point she raised. So we met with her. We discussed it. You know, she had an issue, a specific issue with a joke that one of our hosts had made. Renner erroneously attributed that joke to me, by the way. They don't talk about what the joke is. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, On more than one occasion, Hines is reported to have said, lesbians want to fuck all of our hosts. (laughs) During the taping of one podcast, Hines recorded saying that a fan was lesbian for Maggie. I think that's the joke. Oh, okay. Suggesting that a straight fan would make an exception for Maggie Freeling if given the opportunity. In reaction to this quip, Obsessed Network executive producer Becca De Gregorio expressed her concerns in a group message on Slack. So then um, they cut it from the episode. He he made that joke multiple times on the episode. I know, right? Yeah, it's seriously, he used to talk about uh, all about how Jillian was gay for Maggie. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't. I, I don't know. I just watched um, yeah. Patrick and Jillian like on this kind of red carpet thingy at at crime con yeah it was from a few years ago um i think 2019 Mm -hmm. they're there and so they're still they look so young yeah (laughs) and um (laughs) meanwhile they're like in their late 30s and 40s just like i know (laughs) but they just look like so happy to be somewhere yeah and now they're like we're a big deal yeah um but so these two other hosts are interviewing them and they just start dropping names. You know, like, what was the hardest case? They're like, well, we really felt bad about the Adnan one because, you know, now we're friends with Rabia. And then a little bit later, they're like, oh, yeah, Maggie Freeling, she's great. She's so hot. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. you know. I re- remember they called her a smoke show, which is a term that I'm not sure that I'm down with as a form of slang. Really? What does it mean? Smoke show? What are you smoking? I have no idea. I get show, but... I think if you're at a show uh-huh. and there's a lot of like fog... Yeah. Oh, okay. So she's like a fog I, machine. But... Her body is like a fog machine. Yeah. I don't know how that makes it um, hot or I guess sexual. smoking hot and showing smoking it. Smoking hot. Smoking hot and showing that it. But it's it. just like, I don't know. It's... I, yeah, there you go. Yes. They had invited the morbid girls or at least maybe oh, just Elena yes, to yes. the first Obsessed Fest. Yeah. And did you read on Reddit that someone or people were just like 
Actually, Elena has like a really hard time committing to things. They said it's like, like her... Morbid is known for canceling a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, so when we saw that they got added to the list, we were like, mm, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but still, they're talking about Patrick's, you know, whether or not they cancel a lot. They're talking about Patrick's reaction to it. Yeah. And the way that he treated somebody for honestly having to cancel, I believe, because she had a sick kid. Yeah, she was at the hospital. At the hospital, yeah. Which is a pretty good reason yeah. to cancel. Yeah, I would say so. And so in the article, Renner says, Patrick is like, you're ruining the whole Obsessed Fest. Yeah, And yeah. in this quote-unquote apology, mm-hmm. Patrick is like, I don't even have Elena's phone number. Yeah. <laughs> and Which... so we're like, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't call her phone number uh-huh. to say this? Yeah. Got it. But I can kind of see where it's like, you know, you kind of do everything through agents. Yeah. But. Well, so maybe Patrick's agent to Elena's agent. He is like, well, Patrick's pretty upset. Um, something just to like let, that. You know, like. For example, it's alleged in the blog post that at Obsessed Fest year one, after Morbid pulled out at the last minute, that I called Elena, one of the co-hosts of the podcast, while she was at the hospital with her sick son and was screaming and yelling at her that she ruined Obsessed Fest. This never happened. I don't have Elena's phone number. I have no way of contacting her. All of her arrangements were made through their representatives. Right. Their agent, Marcus, at WME, who I've spoken to about this and laughed when he read this in the blog post. This absolutely never happened. This He's done this twice now, where he's denied things because of certain circumstances. Well, like, girl, how did she She was never her? in the office. I don't have her phone number, so that's automatically not true. It's like, uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Also, we're just getting your word for it, and that's there are other ways to do these things. Yeah, and then so yeah. Steve does say all of her arrangements were made through their representatives. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how you communicate it. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, maybe he said it to her agent while she was in the hospital, and her agent called her at the hospital and related to who knows. Who knows? Yeah. I think that we're not going to see Morbid try to work with them again. Oh, I don't you think anybody's I mean? going to work with them again. Yeah. I mean... Not now. Yeah. They don't have anybody left except Daisy, and Daisy is in a situation with them. So she clearly doesn't want to be there, but she's on a contract, and I don't know who else they have. Oh, should we look at... Yeah, let's look. Who are the Obsessed Network podcasts? Once again, True Crime Obsessed is on here, and it says, with Jillian Penzavalli and Patrick Hines. Rebecca Lavoie. Brand confusion. It says on the Obsessed Network website that these are the featured shows murder and alliance which i'm pretty sure is over no, that's dead that was the one that maggie freeling did that they said weren't wasn't making money right i think so yeah then strange and unexplained okay um crimes of the centuries with amber hunt oh okay unjust and unsolved with maggie freeling mm-hmm. obsessed with abducted in plain sight which was that short thing that um patrick did about that which I also think he did. He do that with Maggie. As no. Well? Oh, he did that. He did that with another collaborator. No, he hosted it and just like interviewed Sky Borgman. Oh, Sky Borgman. That's who I was thinking. Yeah. Of. Okay, got it. Um, Murder and Alliance from the creators of Unjust and Unsolved. Um, their last episode was 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's been dead for a while. And it doesn't and, say who the host is. So they have Crimes of the Century. And they have Strange and Unexplained they, currently running. Yeah, they base. Well, I don't think Crimes of Centuries is going. Oh, okay. 
Um, actually, it is. Her last episode was December 4, 2023. Okay. So Amber Hunt's still on contract, too. Yes. Yeah. But she spoke on spoke openly to yes. James Renner. So obviously, she's no fan. Nope. And then the Maggie Freeling one, yeah, also ended in 2021. I do keep on thinking about how this must suck, though, for Patrick and Steve. What about I'm sorry. It? I don't know. It's just like to be universally hated by a large portion of a fan base that once adored you. Yeah. Like that's, I don't know. I would hole up in a dark room for six months and like not eat. Well, we have talked about um, Colleen Ballinger and her apology. Yeah. And YouTubers are constantly making apologies. Yeah, that's true. And then, so we almost have like this culture of evaluating apologies. Yeah. Because... YouTubers have been so bad at it Mm -hmm. where they kind of do this that Patrick and Steve did where they say, um, like this never happened or I'm sorry if someone took it this way. Yeah. And they're not apologizing. Part of what Patrick and Steve are doing wrong is not learning from the YouTube apologies that we've all already criticized. Yeah. What do you think? That they could have done better with this apology. What could they have learned from like bad YouTube apologies? Yes. Yeah. What could they have learned? If you're saying that you're putting out an apology. Yeah. Which let me look at their YouTube. They call it from the obsessed network, a conversation about recent events. So, okay. They don't call it an apology. Yeah. Um, Well, they call it a conversation and it's a scripted apology. It's not a conversation with anybody. It's cover your ass yeah. is what I think this mm-hmm. is. Um, I don't know what they think they're going to accomplish with saying, well, this never happened and this never happened. Yeah. Um, and then Patrick said, yeah, sometimes I come across as very passionate. Passionate. And, and that, uh, can that can be seem like intense aggressive. and overly aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. And so like. And then he okay. says, uh, I'm working on this. It's a journey. I don't remember what the fuck he said, but it's like, that's nothing. That means nothing. No, so you kind of have to be maybe a little bit more like I've had interactions with people that have been not as professional as maybe they should have been. Yeah. I'm not going to put a bunch of words in his mouth about what he did and how he should apologize for those. But this is a list of this didn't happen. Um, We are the boss, so we can talk to people Mm -hmm. about their podcast and be in charge. Uh Uh-huh. And some people are sensitive, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, also, a lot of, uh, because they've done this with Daisy, too, and they did it with, with Ellen and Joey in this, where it's like, oh, well, they never got back to us. Like, th- they're constantly implying that every podcaster was guilty of some kind of unprofessional behavior. Uh, Patrick got mad at Daisy for taking a Zoom call in the park with her kid. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. And then he does the same thing with Ellen and Joey. It's like, oh, we gave them deadlines. They never responded. They never responded. They went back and forth. Like, so he is kind of like one of his plays is to accuse the other side of unprofessional behavior. They're tr- they're basically trying to say it's really hard to run a network. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it is. But uh, it's your livelihood. Figure it out. But I think like podcasting is such uncharted territory. Yeah. Because, like, if you're pitching a sitcom to NBC, uh-huh. I mean, then at the end of the day, NBC owns it. And this has happened so many times in the past that everybody kind of knows what 
happens when yeah. you sell a show mm-hmm. to NBC. Yeah. I think if you're at Obsessed Network with Patrick, he's like, let's develop this show together. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what how he phrases that he's going about it. Yeah, yeah. And then like with Ellen and Joey, he's like, we own that show. We get to tell them if they can do this or this or this. Yeah. And it's like maybe coming into it since Ellen and Patrick were friends, Mm -hmm. she just was never like, oh, people are going to tell me what to do. I kept thinking that listening to this, even though I'm kind of like, I don't doubt that there was a lot of less than professional interactions going on. Yeah. Yeah. On Obsessed with Disappeared and maybe ways that they communicated that um, was toxic or hostile, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But their whole backing up of that is like, we are the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Which I understand. But this is kind of like loosey-goosey, if you ask me. It's a little loosey-goosey. And also, it's like, once again, they're characterizing Ellen as like obstreperous oh my god another huge word second word of the day obstreperous unable to be controlled temperamental um you know somebody who just won't be disciplined in the way that you want them to tamed. she can't be tamed she's a wild vixen so they're constantly indicating that you know she she was not cooperating and once again the woman has had a broadway career like Mm. i was a musical theater person never made it to broadway but like if you're gonna even do that job on a regional on regional stages you learn how to compromise you learn how to take a lot of shit in order to get a job it feels like ellen probably has the capacity to be more professional than patrick is making her out to see yeah yeah i it, like I, I i'm sure she like thought she should have more say in the direction and like creative vision of the I podcast know, yeah i could see that but too. i can't see her like being wholly uncooperative it's a collaboration people like this know how to collaborate they do it all the time yeah so i also i guess wonder at the end of the day if patrick and steve are trying to make this network successful and they're like it can only be successful if it's my way oh yeah you know yeah and sometimes with creative things Mm -hmm. it's hard to keep in control of everything like if you're doing a podcast like ellen and joey do it's not scripted yeah and it kind of sounded to me like patrick's notes for them were you go on too many tangents it sounds like a really controlled environment in which like you can't yeah you just can't have that much control though yeah well i think he something i've always suspected about true crime obsessed is that like it's actually more heavily edited than they say. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I think, you know, because they watch the documentary, they take notes, and I think they take notes about jokes they want to do, too. Oh. So I think it's, like, way more prepared, certainly, than anything we're doing. No, so. <laughs> we, don't, we don't prepare. Yeah, and maybe, you know, Joey and Ellen wanted to go, like, a little bit more off the cuff and not be so prepared. Yeah. And Patrick had a problem with that because he's got some control issues. Yeah, it does say control issues. Mm -hmm. True Crime Obsessed is very controlled in the way it's made to seem very improvisational and off the cuff, but it's not. How interesting. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever get that impression? Um, Like I said, it's too fast now. Yeah. 
Um, I was just I did listen to this week's episode, which was called Tangled, and it was about. I love that movie. All <laughs> right. It was about this couple who's in their 20s and uh-huh. they're about to go get married when all of the sudden um, their parents got married to each other. So the oh. woman's mom and the boy's dad married each other. And then they were like, can like we really, still get married? That's a super fucked up Brady Bunch episode. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like I zoned out and all of a sudden someone was dead. And oh. I was like, wait, who's who? <laughs> What's this no, Well, now I want to listen to this because it sounds fucking fascinating. I think it's probably a really good episode to watch. Yeah. Oh, because okay. Because I couldn't, I had no idea who they were talking about at any given time. Yeah. I don't know what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, like, yeah. cannot listen to them. Yeah, they are, they're really, I, I've always thought that they, like, speeded themselves up a little bit, but just to keep things, like, paced well. Yeah. But that's another thing. I, I hate. think. Yeah. I think it's like a very, and you know what, fine, if that's how you want to make things, that's how you want to make things, but it is a very controlled product. Oh, but do you remember in Julia Ray's AMA, people were like, wait, so like explain why Jillian hates Ellen. Oh yeah, I did see that. And she tells stories that are like, one time Ellen came up to Jillian and Jillian just looked at her and said, you're a lot. And um, just like other interactions where she was just cold. And I had always assumed, oh, this is a thing where Patrick is pitting them against each other. Probably, yeah. And I mean, I still think that that's possible. But yeah. J- Julia's stories were like, no, Jillian has been obviously not nice to Ellen and not just like stories from Patrick. It's also not just people sort of wanting them pitting them against each other as steve says it's like they're actually no there actually is like some kind of bad blood between them or like sometimes people don't like each other whatever well according to ellen which is according to julia yeah yeah (laughs) ellen via julia ellen was like gonna be friends with her or like had no problems with her yeah and i think she is a lot Mm -hmm. and then she just always got the cold shoulder yeah so she's not really sure what happened there Jillian seems like a weird bird. Oh. I'm a weird bird, too. Yeah. I'm not saying anything about it, but yeah, I get it. Like, sometimes just, like, socially awkward or, like, if I don't connect with a person, I just, I don't want to acknowledge them. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's hard I've to be nice. I've never seen you do that, though. Well, uh, it's like a rare person. Okay. Yeah. When you see it, you'll know. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Let's find somebody for me to hate. Okay. Okay. And then you can see. So, um, yeah, that was our our update about ObsessFest. Could you predict what will happen next, Nathan? Um, I think Obsessed Network will limp along. They'll probably get, you know, new podcasts. They'll develop new podcasts with new people. Patrick may or may not learn how to be a boss. But I think, I'm just trying to say, I think they will go on, not as if nothing happened, but... I don't think this is going to, like, destroy Obsessed Network or True Crime Obsessed. There's a lot of people out there in the world who don't give a shit about this who are going to listen. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as... And they're advertising on Instagram now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So they're trying to get more new listeners. Honestly, it seems, like, so sad. But I'm like, this will die down. Mm. You know, everybody will move on back into their corners and start a new life and a new journey. Everybody will still have a business after this is done, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. 
event much longer. Do you think they're going to keep getting death threats? Um, yes. And I'm surprised that they haven't gotten them already before all this happened. I feel like anybody who's like in the public eye, especially if they're gay and outspokenly uh, liberal, well, getting it to your home address is very, that is, I just thought of that. That is very, very frightening. They have a child. Should we become cutthroat control freaks, make a million dollar podcast? Buy really expensive property and then never be friends again. Well, should we do that? I think we can do that without being control freaks. Oh, you mean make millions of dollars? Yeah, and then never be friends again. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think we yeah. could. Yeah, do the part where we're never friends again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I just want to close with Patrick said his DMs are open and we can always email him at info at obsessnetwork.com. Do we want to DM him? Be like, hey, listen to our show. No. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should yeah. be like, hey, we made a podcast about your apology. Hope you like it. Yeah, we, we thought you could use some feedback. Yeah. <laughs> We've got notes. We've got some notes. Yeah. We are also in the theater business. Mm-hmm. Do we, do we need a song? Do you have one? Not really. Do you have, like, any, any song that's appropriate that you can think of? Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And if you threw a party, he invited everyone you knew. You would see the biggest gift would be from me. And the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. Well, bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Um, Follow us on Instagram. Actually, our name is Online Bullshit Pod. Um, Is it Online BS Pod or Online Bullshit Pod? It's Online Bullshit Pod. Online Bullshit Pod, everybody. Uh, we figured it'd be okay to write shit on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Share this episode with a friend. And next week we'll be back to talk about some other juicy shit. Yeah. Just just squeezing all the juice out of it. Yep. And putting it into our microphone just for you. We're going to take a piece of shit. <laughs> We're going to squeeze the juice out. <laughs> squeeze the juice out of it. Come on back now. Come on back now, you're here. Yeah. It's gonna be a shit squeezing party. <laughs> Do you wanna end there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>this is Paige from Giggly Squad and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly. 
But sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland. And you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.